Lewis is in the studio with Michael Card, and I'm going to open with a question for you, Michael. Did you get enough sleep last night? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk with a doctor here in the program today about sleep disorder. You know this doctor because we had the conversation in the past we're going to replay today, but you you know him, right? I do. Brevard Haynes is a a, a fellow churchmate for a long time and just a remarkably Christ-like person. We're also going to reach into the archive for one of those times when Phil Kagey came to the studio and sat down yep. with his guitar and joined us. Yeah, That's, he's coming along. I yeah, think he's coming along think with he's that. going to make it? Yeah, yeah. He's getting pretty good. If he keeps at it, it's probably going to be pretty good. <laughs> as good as you? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, well, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> well, that'll be the second half of our podcast here today, a visit with Phil Kagey and his guitar here in the studio. I look forward to that. All right, well, we're going to have a conversation about the book of Mark here. comes from the book of Mark, but I want to share a couple of emails. This one comes from the UK. I won't read all of this email. It's very encouraging, affirming, but they do say, thanks for the new and classic shows you're presenting. Long may they continue. Keep safe and each and every one. And so thank you for that sentiment. Come to us from the UK. And then this note comes from Michigan. Michael, I feel as though listening to the podcast that we are friends, even without meeting Uh. in person. Hearing you share is encouraging, makes your music even more personal and meaningful to me. Listening to the guests you have on, especially the Bible teachers, hearing the testimonies of local and international ministries, the variety of music and the recordings I've never heard before is feeding my soul. Mm. I hope to feed back by encouraging you to keep walking the path God has you on, discovering the depths of Hesed. So, very nice sentiment there. Well, and if the gospel's true, we're not just friends. We're we're a family. We're yeah. brothers and sisters. Yep. So yep. that's how we feel. That encouragement means a lot. That's Thanks for taking the time to send it in. Well, before we hear from Dr. Haynes here today, let's jump right into the book of Mark. Uh, another email I didn't share was from a listener who said they really enjoy your Bible studies in Mark mm. and Luke and John. So I think they'll get a kick out of this one coming up now in Mark. Where do you want to take us? Well, um, there there's a number of places where Mark talks about uh, the emotional life of Jesus. Um, If you're a super geek and you count adjectives that describe Jesus' emotions, which is the sort of thing (laughs) that I do. I I imagine you've likely done that, right? Okay, no name calling, but... um, So, you you know, but but you look at Matthew. Matthew uses six different adjectives, or in six different places, uh, Matthew uh, describes Jesus' emotions. He only uses three or four different adjectives. Uh, Luke does it seven times. John describes Jesus' emotions only four times. Jesus is fairly unemotional in John. Hmm. But Mark, the little short book of Mark, in 15 different places, Mark describes Jesus as being filled with compassion or looking around in anger or strongly warning people or deeply sighing or rebuking people or being indignant or being deeply grieved. Uh, and, you know, we believe that the Gospel of Mark uh, really is the testimony of Peter. Mark is a disciple of yes. Peter, and the church, early church asked him to write down Peter's uh, remembrances of, of Jesus. And if that's true, Wayne, I think, I think Mark reflects, the, you know, this emotion life of, of Jesus because it comes from Peter. And he, that's how Peter was made, wasn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. And, and who is on the receiving end of Jesus' emotions more than Peter is, <laughs> yeah. right? That's yeah, true. Well, uh, there's a passage I want to start with. There's a number of passages we could, well, I just said 15 passages, passages we could listen to, um, to to hear this emotional tone of Jesus. But I want to do uh, one of the very first ones in, in chapter 1. Um, he's already uh, rebuked uh, uh, an evil spirit earlier in the chapter, like around verse 29. But I want to pick up in, uh, ver- in verse 40 Okay. when Jesus is dealing with uh, a man uh, with leprosy. In the teaching of Judaism in the first century, it was thought that it was harder to um, cleanse a leper than it was to raise the dead, because mm. leprosy was seen as sort of this living death. So it, it's a big deal when Jesus uh, cleanses a leper. So in, in verse 40, um, uh, a man with leprosy came to Jesus and begged on his knees, begged him on his knees, if you're willing, you can make me clean. So what's interesting in these next couple of verses, Jesus goes through a couple of emotional shifts, which I think is so interesting. So in verse 41, 
the verse uh, the first statement is made he was filled with compassion and uh, that's this splagnitsomai this word that Brennan Manning loved so much comes out of classical Greek it was a word that referred to a horse snorting hmm. so I I translate it he shudders you know if you ever sitting on a horse when a horse snorts the shudder kind of runs all the way down their body mm-hmm. uh, so Jesus sees this man and he smells this man. Right, and he looks at this death impregnated world, and I think he just shudders when he's filled with compassion or filled with pity. Wow. Uh, it's almost untranslatable. He's he's moved with compassion anyway. Yeah. So Jesus is filled with compassion. He reaches out his hand and touched the man. Now we all know you're not supposed to do that, <laughs> right? That's the last thing you do with someone with leprosy. That, that's yeah. the last yeah. thing you do with a leper. But uh, b- because what happens is the uncleanness kind of goes from the leper up your arm and makes you unclean. But the wonderful thing about Jesus is this, he's reversed the flow. Hmm. And so cleanness comes out of Jesus. Wow. Yeah, right? So he, he touches the man. He says, I'm willing, be clean. So and those this is two wh- things. And, and again, he's saying this with great compassion. Absolutely. I am willing. Yeah. Be be made clean. Yeah. And 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 look how simple it is. I, I like to talk about how unmiraculous Jesus' miracles are. You know, God will say, let there be light, and there's light. Jesus will say, be clean, and it happens. Hmm. Uh, it, you know, there's no lightning bolts from his fingertips, you know. No, huh, be healed. None of that <laughs> stuff. He just, he says what's supposed to happen, and it happens because of his absolute authority, right? He's the son of God. So he says, be clean. And then here's Mark's favorite word, immediately. Immediately, the leprosy left him and he was cured, okay? So now we, now we see this shift. Uh, NIV says Jesus sent, but it's a, it's a stronger word, ekbalo, to, to throw out, to drive away. So Jesus drives him away at once with a strong warning. Wow. Hear the emotion? Huh. See, Jesus drives him away with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone. Now, he's not mad at the leper. Don't, don't uh, misunderstand the passage. I think he's mad at a situation over which he really has no control because he'll tell people, in, especially in Mark, people that he's healed, he'll say, don't tell anyone. And what happens? How can you not tell? Yeah, they right. always tell. Right. And what ha- and it's about to happen here. Uh, the the person who's healed will go out and tell and then as a result Jesus ministry is encumbered hmm. by these huge mobs of people who aren't really interested in hearing what he has to say. They mm-hmm. want to be healed or they want a free meal or something like yeah. that. Well, if you were healed from leprosy, wouldn't you want to say something about Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Or your child had been raised from the dead? Yeah. I mean, come on. It's understandable. But, uh, it is understandable, but I think Jesus' emotions are also understandable. He's he's frustrated over a situation over which he really has no control. Um, and at one point, he'll he'll say, "Would you at least believe because of the miracles?" So he, he his his miracles aren't proof. His miracles are really signs of his compassion. I mean, they're going to, in a sense, work against him. They're going to make it harder for him to do what he's come to do, which is tell the good news about the kingdom. But um, so so he drives the man away and he warns him, okay, don't tell anybody, okay? Now, but go show yourself to the priests, which I think is a that's it right out of Leviticus 14. It's a wonderful proof of really how conservative Jesus is. Sometimes we just see him as this radical who turns over the temples, mm-hmm. the tables in the temple. But Jesus is actually more conservative than they are, right? So. One of the things you do after you've been healed of leprosy is you go to the temple and the t- the priest inspects you. You have to stay there for prescribed. In fact, there's actually a room in the temple where lepers stay uh, while they're being inspected and waiting to be pronounced uh, clean. So very, very traditional. Jesus says, go, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices. Moses, there it is, commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. And I think them is the priest. Okay. Uh, but but here it comes. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, yep. spreading the news. Right? <laughs> Who can blame him? <laughs> no, I can't blame him. But but as a result, see that's causative statement there. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in the wilderness. 
See, he's driven to the wilderness uh, because of the mobs. Uh, and then the final statement, yet the people still came to him from everywhere. Yeah. Uh, Peter in Mark's gospel, I think, is really interested in the fact that from chapter one, that's the end of chapter one, from the end of chapter one, the ministry is out of control. Only in Mark does Jesus say, have a boat ready so the people don't push me into the lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. So Very I, good. Well, I love, I love seeing the emotional side yeah. of Jesus. All right. Well, the assignment we have for everyone listening is to go through the rest of Mark and look for these compassion stories of Jesus. Okay. All right. We'll make that assignment to everyone. You know, one of the first songs that really attracted me to your ministry was this one, The Gentle Healer. And then we'll talk with Dr. Brevard Haynes here today about sleep disorders. But here's Michael Card with The Gentle Healer. The Gentle Healer came into our town today He touched blind eyes and their darkness left to stay And the one who had died just rose up straight away The gentle healer came into our town today The gentle healer came into our town today He spoke one word That was all he had to say And the one who had died Just rose up straight away The gentle healer came Into our town today Oh, he seems like just an ordinary Dirty feet and rough but gentle hands But the words he says are hard to understand And yet he seems like just an ordinary man The gentle healer, he left our town today I just looked around and found he'd gone away Some folks from town who'd followed him They say that the gentle healer is the truth, the life, the Michael, I'm so glad you chose to sing that song Mm -hmm. as we plan to talk here now with Dr. Brevard Haynes, who joins us in the studio. Introduce him to us, if you would. Brevard is someone that I have a tremendous amount of respect for, not just his uh, um, work as a doctor, but um, uh, he's a very important part of our our church. He actually built the pulpit. So he has uh, Wait a, a doctor woodworker. <laughs> Is yeah, that right. <laughs> Lots of gifts. Man of many talents. And uh, yeah, and just and he's a person who in our in our fellowship, I think really reflects Christ um, in a unique way. So, yeah, thanks for giving us the time, Brevard. Well, thank you for having me. Be, be on yeah. here. Mm-hmm. How long and, have you practiced medicine? I graduated from medical school in '72. So, I do the math yeah, there. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. It's been a while. Been been in Nashville since back in Nashville since '79. So. Huh. Well, we're kind of expanding our community here all the time and bringing new faces and voices to the microphone here in the studio. But uh, it's nice. It's it's like an unending source with you, Michael. I mean, you keep bringing people in here that you've known for so long that I've never met before. It really is a unique community, isn't it, Brevard? It is. Uh, We have so many people here gifted in so many different ways, but the the thing we have in common is our walk with the Lord and... Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so our, our hearts are knit together in, yeah. in uh, unique ways. Brevard, do you have a medical specialty? or I do. I practice uh, sleep medicine. I, uh, my uh, training is in internal medicine and then uh, two years of training in pulmonary disease. And uh, during that training, I became interested in, in how people breathe when they're asleep. Hmm. Sleep apnea is a very common problem and uh, started the uh, first sleep center here in Middle Tennessee in the early 80s. And... Uh, just uh, uh, my practice is restricted to people who, who don't sleep well or are excessively sleepy the next day. I'm tempted to ask my own questions here, Michael, but maybe <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. See that? My, you know, my dad was a doctor, and, and no matter wherever he went, you know, it was like, hey, doc, could you, could you look at the shoulder real quick? So, so uh, resist the temptation. For I once. will. I will. You know, I'm sure there's a listener out there who... <laughs> yeah, right. 
so, a friend of mine. So go find a sleep doctor in your town. or Yeah. yeah. But there's so much to your life we want to learn about, Brevard. Uh, tell me about the children's clinic in Nashville. Well, it's not a children. We, we, we see children, but uh, I uh, have been involved with a clinic called Siloam Family Health Center, and it's named after the Pool of Siloam where... Jesus uh, commanded the man to go wash the mud off of his eyes and be healed. And uh, the clinic was founded in the early 80s by David Gregory, um, a physician with a tremendous heart for uh, the poor. And uh, I learned of his work uh, and came along beside him. And uh, we now have over uh, 200 uh, um, volunteers working at the clinic. Our mission is to share the love of Christ by serving those in need through health care. And so there are different ways that we can love people, but our way of loving them is to, is to serve them as, as Christ served uh, us. And uh, it's a volunteer-driven clinic. And so it's, um, there's staff there. There's a beautiful facility uh, uh, in the Melrose area. Um, it's, it, the, the clinic um, serves an incredible um, diversity of people. Uh, we see over people from over a hundred different homelands. Uh, Nashville is just such a uh, mm-hmm. has become such a. It's a crossroads, isn't it? Crossroads yeah, for and, the world, uh, really. Yes, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a tremendous place to serve and and just have the assuming that the language barrier does not block that. Just to being able to hear the stories of people, you know, from Sudan or from just uh, Vietnam during the the post war. Uh, Problems there, or Bosnia, um, the the Kurds. Uh, I mean, it's they're here. They're here. Yeah, and, we, and uh, they, don't we have the largest uh, uh, community of Kurdish that's, refugees. That's, that's correct. Outside yeah. of Kurdistan or yeah, something in yeah, Nashville, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we love to platform ministry like that that takes place in the Nashville area mm-hmm. in hopes that it can spur others on around the country. If you're not already doing something similar, that you'll think right. about doing something yeah, similar. Yeah, and we hope that our model can be replicated in other in other cities. When when you uh, work at the clinic, um, obviously you're not just doing your specialty. Do you, do you have to go back? I mean, to the the early medical school days, and I yeah. mean, are you stitching people up and doing well, everything? Well, yeah, in the early days, I was doing that, and it was sort of a stretch because I wasn't as familiar with those things. But as the volunteers have have grown, I can sort of stay in areas that I'm familiar with, which is lung disease and people with sleep problems, and uh-huh. so there and there are enough of those there to keep uh-huh. you busy. So <laughs> sounds like a great so, ministry of compassion. Yeah. Uh, what drives you biblically to do what you do? I'm, I'm sure you think about this a lot. Mm. Christ is the ultimate physician, and I think um, as a Christian who happens to be a doctor, um, you know, I, uh, I look at him uh, and hope to serve others as, as he has served me, as, as, uh, as uh, given the ultimate sacrifice. And, um, you know, when I practice sleep medicine, uh, people come in sleeping for poorly for lots of different reasons, but there's often worry or depression, and uh, Jesus speaks a great deal to those topics. Um, I was going to ask you about uh, that next. Can you take us to one of those? Well, Jesus says, don't worry. (laughs) Don't don't be anxious. Very practical advice, and and this is something that that uh, it's very easy to share with a non-believer. I mean, it's because it's such practical advice. Don't worry, because it doesn't do any good. Mm. Hmm. Uh, so it's it's uh, you know I look for those opportunities to uh, share my worldview with uh, patients who who may not share that, who come from mm-hmm. a different worldview. Mm-hmm. And uh, do they ever go deeper with you and say, what about or why are you different or why should I not worry? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 uh, you do have that opportunity to 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 go further and deeper, and you know to talk about the the reality of a new heaven and a new earth, where uh, even though um, um, the the medical problem that exists right now is pretty horrible, uh, there is um, a, a great hope of the new heaven and the mm-hmm, new earth. Mm-hmm. Well, I can. Uh, share my testimony because I've gone to Brevard before and there's something tremendously healing about being able to sleep again Mm -hmm. and something uh, very, uh, I mean, disruptive isn't even the word. Um, I think you can go go longer without food than sleep. Mm -hmm. Isn't that that true? 
Well, yeah, and I, and I, uh, as I mentioned, I got interested in sleep, sleep because of sleep apnea. And I used to hate to take care of people with insomnia because it's, it's tough. It's mm-hmm. digging deep. It's, there's so many things you have to look into. But then it was my own middle-of-the-night insomnia that began to get to bother me. And mm-hmm. so I think uh, the Lord has used that in my life to, uh, to let me experience to some degree what my patients are going through. And, and hence I have a, a sympathy, not just an empathy, mm-hmm. but a sympathy for what they're going through. And and yeah, I've never missed a day of work because of of not sleeping. But boy, it is just not fun when mm-hmm. you don't sleep well. You know, you're uniquely qualified now to understand yeah. what the the rest That's of correct. us are going through who can't sleep. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I I can tell you uh, to go to go and talk to Brevard. It, it it it's it is someone like somewhat like talking to Jesus because he he is listening. He's not just getting your, give me the facts, nothing but the facts. I've got two minutes. You know, I'm going to go see the next patient, you know, in the next waiting room. Uh, everything sort of stops and how are you doing? And, and, uh, and I, I mean, I can, uh, I can vouch for that that Christ-like dimension to your, to your ministry to mm-hmm. others. So the people in the clinic are, uh, are blessed people. Mm. Rivard, I'm sure that uh, drugs have a place in um, in curing sleep ills, but you don't start there, apparently. Well, I think there are, I use a combination of, of um, you know, approaches, uh, uh, behavioral approaches. Um, uh, there's certainly a role for medication. Uh, sometimes when a person starts sleeping poorly, the just the anxiety about not sleeping is so great that it interferes with sleep. Yeah, so it's a vicious sometimes circle. we have to start medication just to yeah. quieten things down, and right. then with hopes that we can right. that we can uh, that we can back off. But, but at the same time, we don't want to be too stoic about uh, oh, medicine is all bad because if medicines are are safe and effective, you know, why not you know use mm-hmm. them judiciously? Mm-hmm. So. What's your advice to to young people considering medicine? I mean, it, I mean it's got to be a long, hard path to following yeah. that as a career and as a mission in mm. life. If you're called by God to do that, yeah. what encouragement do you have for them? Well, I I, th- I think you look at the the gifts and talents that God has given you. You know your 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 aptitude for you know for the sciences, uh, your compassion for people, and um, and go for it, but it's it is a long road, and it's uh, I think it's even harder uh, these days than when I was in school. Uh, getting into medical school is a lot harder. Very you're, competitive. Uh, you're incurring a lot more debt than I incurred. Um, the challenges of, of uh, practicing medicine are um, you know are, are you know are great. You know, I look back on my life and and I just see God's fingerprints all over it, hmm. and I you know. Going forward, I don't. But looking back, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, Lord, yeah. <laughs> you've blessed me immensely, and uh, thank you. Huh. But we all need more rest, I would imagine, right? You, yeah. We don't get enough. We don't. It's a, you know, it's a, too much of a twenty-four-seven world, and and uh, so I think uh, it's not only carving out the time for sleep, but but carving out the time to be quiet and contemplative, and. Mm. That's the part of my life that I'm missing right now. It's just, it's, I, I just, uh, only 24 hours a day, and I, uh, somehow I need to spend more time in that area. There was a time earlier in my life where I was able to spend a little bit more time there, and I look forward to getting back there. Michael, we've talked about that a lot, haven't yeah. we? Yeah, why don't we pray? Let's yeah, pray. Please. I'll pray for you and, mm. and pray for ourselves, because I, yeah. I resonate with that as well. Go ahead. Father, we come to you as your children who uh, who need to be made wise by uh, the wisdom of your word, and so we we ask, Lord, that you would help us to see that um, on top of physical sleep, we need uh, we need rest time. You you told your disciples, "Come with me to a quiet place and get some rest." and uh, And I ask for that for my my brother Brevard, that you would help him to find those uh, blocks of time where he could uh, where he could. Uh, contemplate your word. You could spend time, uh, uh, just downtime. And I ask that for myself as well, and for Wayne, and and for anyone who's listening who, who feels so driven uh, to perform and to, uh, uh, to to always be going. Uh, help us to find that quiet place, uh, not only to to sleep, but we need that too. But also just to rest in you, to uh, to move into your word in a in a meditative, contemplative way. And be fed and restored, so that we could all, so that we could serve you better, in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. 
Dr. Brevard Haynes, thank you for mm. coming to the studio. Well, thank you, Wayne. Hope thank you, Mark. Hope you'll come back. cello sound of John Ketchings there with Michael Carr, Jesus, let us come to know you. Well, coming up, don't miss this. We're going to reach into the archive and you're going to hear a little concert in the studio with Phil Kegge, who will join us here in the studio with Michael Card. Don't forget our email address is in the studio at michaelcard.com. And could you help us get the word out about this program by posting a review? Your opinion matters and we'd appreciate your feedback to get the word out about what you've found. Invite a friend to subscribe. Accessing the podcast is easy on Apple Podcasts and Spotify when you search for Michael Carr. Phil Kagey next here in the studio with Michael Carr. Coming up next week in the studio with Michael Card, Michael will open the word and teach on the topic of Hesed. And there will be a guest conversation and plenty of music woven throughout the hour that will inspire you to follow Christ in new and deeper ways. The instruments are tuned, the Bible is open, so make sure you join us for this unforgettable session. Look for the post and invite other like minds to hear the program on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Get the links at michaelcard.com. We are back in the studio with Michael Card. Michael, I think we'll let our guest sign in here with his guitar. You'll know who it is immediately. Thank you. 
he could have gone on indefinitely creating new stuff. <laughs> I think he stopped for us, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hello, gentlemen. Hey, Phil, Wayne, Kagey. welcome back. Michael, thank you. Thanks, man. Good to be back here. Yeah, not too many people could walk in and play like that. And you know immediately who it is. Yeah, no, at live and uh, <laughs> all the parts at the same time. <laughs> what's the technique there? How do you do that? And people like I, to know what what's going on here. Well, I just brought my little green box, the Line Six Four. It's called a DL Four modeler, and you can uh, you can do put little phrases in, you know. Add a little percussion. Now this is all on the guitar, all by himself yeah. still, if you get the picture in your mind. <laughs> Put some like something like this in here, watch this. Now he's showing off, Michael. <laughs> no, I'm just... Uh, He's wedging something between all the strings. <laughs> Talk about a one-man band. Well, it's a, basically it's like it's like getting on the uh, the train and you don't know where to get off because every everywhere looks dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, but you keep building and and uh, you can. Yeah, the main thing is to tr use it more sparsely within the context of a song. You know, where you're yeah. actually you're presenting something to the people. And I don't lately. I've been trying to focus on my audience and not on my on the, the gear on, the, on yeah. the gear you know and so sometimes i'll just bring this little thing out and in a, at the end of a song go off into a little jam you know mm -hmm. but the main thing is try to communicate the lyric and the song and uh, the heart of it you know i think the album should be called phil keggy at play is what it is. <laughs> well actually uh, wayne i did an album called roundabout that was put out this year through just my you know my website uh -huh. you know called roundabout and it's basically that kind of stuff um, uh, it sound checks. There are sound check loops, you know, and uh, there's like 17 different ones, yeah. and they're from different cities, and they're just. just You'd like your sound checks it. to be heard, wouldn't you, Michael? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, no, we don't generally create during sound check, <laughs> but the main thing is just I don't know. Just I love to play. It's yeah. just who you are, and it is so much fun. Hey, Phil, uh, tell us about Dream Again. Okay. Uh, well, Dream Again is an album that actually I worked on over a period of time. Um, one of the earliest songs that uh, I, I wrote for that particular album probably came about um, a few years ago, actually. That's the, the title song, Dream Again, which was basically inspired because uh, it was around the time where actually I was uh, with a record label and we amicably parted ways and and yeah. record label what's a record label? yeah that's right and uh and basically I, I thought to myself well you know what am i going to do and then a brother uh contacted me said there's a fella in the philippines praying for you and he was praying for you and he said he felt the lord wanted me to know that the lord wants me to keep dreaming just dream again mm -hmm. you know don't give up don't get discouraged you know because okay we have we go through these life changes and uh um, it's, it's all part of it. And so that inspired the song, so I wouldn't forget to pray and thank God and uh, turn these things over to Him, you know, whatever they are, whether, whether they're frustrations, whether they're uh, reactions, or whether they're distractions. Keep my eyes focused on Him, and that's what the song is about. Mm -hmm. Got a lot of different cuts on the album, Dream Again. Can we hear something from yeah. Dream Again? Yeah. 
Let me play a bit of that song for okay, you. Okay, good. Phil Kagi in the studio. Michael, this is in a dad gad tuning. Okay. What you do. Peggy here in the studio from the CD Dream Again. And Phil, it's awfully nice to see you again. Oh, it's great to see you too. And, Appreciate uh, it. You guys have been friends a long time. Yeah, you, just when you were playing that, I remembered you. Phil is always giving you CDs of here's all this new music yeah. that he he's did just today created. to you, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah, he and uh, uh, something that he and Randy had You're been kind working of on. A one man focus group for Phil. Well, <laughs> he, it's just that he's, he's always creating. That's part of who he is. And I remember you gave me a CD that was just musical gift cards. Yeah. That you mm-hmm. did any of those songs make it onto this new record? Because it sounds like the same mm. sort of thing. They were all songs you'd written for people. Yeah, actually, um, there's a song I uh, wrote for my sister Mary Ellen who uh, led me to the Lord 37 years ago. Mm. And that's called How Can I Thank You? It's a short little simple song. She was um, the first of us 10 children. I was the ninth of us 10. So she was, you know, and still is a good 20 years older than I am. And uh, I... You're not catching for, up to her? Yeah, for a birthday, like I think it was last year or t- two years ago, I I am catching up to her actually, Wayne. <laughs> in fact, this, the other song to my other sister, Kathy, uh, there's a line in it that says, uh, you're turning 60, well, that's not so bad. I'm not too far behind you. <laughs> you know, there's no reason to be sad. Our spirits are ever young. Um, our true selves will never wane. There's your name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for in the light of eternity, we've all too... Nothing to lose and all to gain. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's an encouragement about aging, I think. Yeah. So, But back to my sister Ellen. She was an actress in Hollywood, and um, she played in a lot of movies in the 50s. One of the big ones was Ten Commandments. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she did. 
she, now, well, I'm going to have to watch now, for someone, that next someone time. Someone was the baby. Was somebody the baby? Well, yeah. The, no. Moses was a baby, right? <laughs> but but <laughs> you weren't the. I mean, perhaps you're familiar with the story, no, Mike. <laughs> well, you remember when they found the baby Moses? And Your sister was. She was one of the maidens. The little there. girl. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was I'm one gonna, of the maidens. Yeah, I'm going to rent that and watch that. Somehow, yeah. I had morphed that into the fact that you were the baby in the ark. <laughs> well, you know what? You know, they didn't ask me. You know, I would have been there. I could superimpose Phil's face on the on Except the child. They would have had to take the guitar out of his little baby <laughs> yeah. fingers because he would have been playing already. That's right. I had that little mini Les Paul with me. Uh, they couldn't pry it out of my hands. But no, she said, I hope it's not a crocodile or something like that and, you know, and that whole thing. How so, about that? Well, I'm going to go rent that now. Yeah, Wait, yeah. So when we see the scene, which one is she? What side? She's the one that she grabs the apple on her way out. Okay. And she's got dark hair and she's just... She's wow. beautiful, and, and she's, she's still beautiful, and she still sings lovely, and she's so full of Jesus, you know. Wow. I, I she's the so one much. who led you to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, and so, you know, she led me to the Lord, Wayne, just like within two weeks of our mom passing from a, uh-huh. a car accident. I remember and, some of the story, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so for her birthday a couple of years ago, I, I sent the song to her, and uh, and uh, it's just a simple little song. Want me to play it for you? Oh, please. Yeah. You got yeah. time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everything, got everything's time. unplanned here today, so you do what okay. you want, Phil. Okay. But just right. imagine that, Wayne, that Phil was led to the Lord by one of the little girls who pulled <laughs> Moses out of the... He's older than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just thought I'd tell that story while you're putting your capo on. <laughs> so... Even when as a boy My heart would leap for joy To be alongside of you In from Hollywood back to Hubbard A grand reunion took place Happy in your presence This little boy would smile Just at the sight of you Mom and Dad were proud, sisters and brothers, no doubt, and so was I. Still we had some growing up to do, and the first to grow was you, into the kingdom. Out of the shadows and into the light, you made the great escape. Tragedy touched us all, we were grief-stricken and all motherless children. God took her soul to heaven, but gave us comfort and heard our cry. At that very tender time, it was you, your hand in mine. It was you, your face shine with the glow not of this world. Over these many years still I am indebted to you, oh I've said it none too many a time that I love you, and how can I thank you, oh how can I thank you, thank you. Mary Ellen, I'm still a boy at heart, and I sing for joy at the very thought of you. So from Tennessee to Arizona, my heart reaches over this country great. Memories of that day, when you took time for me to pray, changed my life forever. I've still got a ways to go, but I wanted you to know I'll always remember. At that very tender time, it was you hand in mine It was you, your face is shine With a glow not of this world Over these many years still I Am indebted to you, oh I've Said it none too many a time That I love you And how can I thank you Oh how can I thank you And I love you That's song from Mary Ellen. And that's on Dream Again. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so what, what else is on the CD, Phil? There's a song um, that's kind of happy. Um, 
There's one called Revive Me that's kind of fun, and I, I get to do some looping and jamming on that one. And uh, it's just basically, uh, Lord, revive me, take me to the place I long to be. There's one called Thank You For Today, which is really short and simple. Uh, just has a bit of a... Uh, goes like this, man. <laughs> And uh, the words were written by my friend, Todd Albertson. You remember uh, Phil and Dorsey McHugh? Mm -hmm. Their son, Todd, oh. wrote the words. <laughs> Thank you for today. I am grateful for today is all I have. Yes, thank you for today. I am grateful for today is all I have The past is much too heavy for me to carry And if I hold on to it for too long You know it will crush me Ooh. The future's far too fragile for me to worry And if I hold on to it for too long no, it will rush me. Oh, but right now is where you live. Right now is where I want to live. Thank you for today. I am grateful for today is all I have. That's half of it. <laughs> Let's have a pal. Do you get the idea today. that he'd rather be singing than talking? <laughs> rather be, t you know, rather than talking about music, he'd rather be making it. Well, yeah, I think yeah. so. I think so because, uh, like, for instance, I just played in Texas and I, I did more playing and singing than yeah. I did talking. Yeah, I was sure. just down there before you, and they were looking forward so much to you being down there. Your picture was everywhere. <laughs> they were very excited that you were coming. It was such an exciting day yeah. at Longview, yeah. and. Uh, Laterno University. Yeah, Laterno oh, yeah. University. Yeah, yeah, I was I was sort of pitching myself as I'm I'm Phil Kagan. Phil Kagan and I are just like this. We're <laughs> and we are. And it opened all kinds of doors. It was great. I got free coffee. It was great. <laughs> I'll have to try that and mention both of you. Yeah. See if it no, opens no, any doors for me. Yeah, don't try mentioning me, but mention it, Phil. <laughs> I wish we could have been there, Michael, at the same time. We would have had a good time. That would have been fun. <laughs> yeah, and I would have gone out and had the coffee with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, The Master Musicians re being re-released. It is, yes. Um, it's going to be uh, out, I would imagine, around December, around Christmas time. That's or a good is it, time. Uh, is that right? <laughs> yep, about Thumbs that up. time. Mm -hmm. I recorded this album in um, the summer of 1978, so it'll make it 30 years next year. Wow. And uh, um, it was my first instrumental album. <clears throat> and uh, there's going to be two CDs. It's going to be the original 12 songs on the first CD. And then on the second CD, it's going to have... The when it was re-released uh, in 1987, it's going to have the epilogue "Amazing Grace" track, which I did in California for the 1987 release, 88 release, something like that. And then, <clears throat> then it's going to also have some outtakes. It's going to have a the only recorded vocal song that was done at that session. It's going to be on there, um, and it's going to have um, some uh, commentary. Oh, uh, hopefully. Uh, I know I, I've agreed to do it, <laughs> to talk about each song and have like a bed of um, the, the, the songs well, behind it. As I I've never seen that with an album. Yeah. I do it with yeah. movies, but I've never seen it with a record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also maybe get some comments from the, the man who was very responsible for me recording and the great sounds that came out of it was Gary Hedden from Hedden West. And also Lynn Nichols came and joined me and was there to encourage me uh -huh. to finish the project. Well, we'll look forward to that. And then yeah. you're sure going to be in, touring it, the, the album as well, right? I will. I'll be touring it with a band, uh, four guitar players, keyboards, wow. uh, percussion, and woodwinds. And it's going to be a very nice tour. Wow. Here's, here's a little sample of, of the song. This is from the opening track, Pilgrim's Flight.
beautiful. This may be one of those podcasts to go back and listen to a second time. Our thanks to Phil Kagey. If this time together has been valuable for you, please take a moment and pass along your comments or post a review of this podcast. Pass along the link for this program to a friend. Search for Michael Card on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And we hope you'll take a moment and email your reactions to this hour. You can send your comments, song requests, or questions to us when you write in the studio at michaelcard.com. We look forward to reading your email. Again, in the studio at michaelcard.com. Learn about Michael's books, music, and conference ministry so you can expand on what you've heard in this session. We're found online at michaelcard.com. That's michaelcard.com. And we hope you'll join us for next week's podcast release. For all of us on the team, Ron Davis, Lance Mansfield, and our producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Thanks for listening to this edition of In the Studio with Michael Card.